Hi there, House Culture listener. If you enjoy this episode or have enjoyed listening to other episodes in our series, please support and donate to us through the Acast Supporter feature. All donations will help us create the content that you love listening to. You can decide how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So it could be a one-off and every now and then or once every time you listen. It's really up to you. Click on the supporter link in the episode description and with Google or Apple Pay, it will take you less than 30 seconds to make your contribution. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Matt from Meduso and you're listening to House Culture Podcast. House Culture Hi everyone and welcome to another episode in this third season of the House Culture Podcast. As always, I'm your host and the managing editor at House Culture, Matt Rouse. Hopefully you're all safe and well wherever you might be listening right now. I don't know about you, but I'm counting down the days until we can all be together on the dance floor again. We're so nearly there, party people. I'd like to personally welcome any new listeners to the House Culture Podcast, remind you that you can get some dusty digital fingertips by flicking through our huge back catalogue of episodes that feature chats with dance music royalty, such as David Morales, Fatboy Slim, Terry Farley, Ashley Beadle, Danny Rampling and Danny Tanaglia. You can also listen to our sit-downs with some of the scene's most interesting characters, such as a man called Adam Vocalist Sally Rogers, Pikes Hotel's creative director Dawn Hindle, and Burning Man legend the Scumfrog. We handpick all of our guests, so even if you don't recognise their name, I guarantee you'll be interested in the story they have to tell. And for those who still don't know what house culture is or what we stand for, we are a collective of house music fans who have come together through our mutual love of the beat to celebrate the spirit of house music. We're on Instagram at housecultureNet, so meet us there and we can celebrate everything we love about this beautiful movement together. Let's get on with this next episode, shall we? In this one, we're continuing our third season trend of speaking to people who are at the forefront of the scene right now. You can't get much bigger than Medusa. This Italian trio have burst onto the scene with mega hits such as Peace of Your Heart and Paradise. We caught up with the main man, Matt, 
where he told us about how him and his bandmates work together in the studio. What we do in the studio is trying to find the best way, but we are sure 100% when we all agree on one idea, that one is the right one. What it's like when you produce a huge house music hit. We noticed that something was moving when we released Piece of Your Heart, that was the first single. From that moment, we noticed probably something big was happening. From that moment, our life completely changed. Why we all need a little more house music in our lives. I think people need house music, not only in the clubs to dance, but also like, like we used to do in the past, needs to sing house music during the day in the car uh, at work. Because house music is compared to the other music is, it's the same thing. It's, it's always music and the importance of entertaining your fans. We do music for passion, and if we can give part of this passion to the people and give them uh, also one of their best days, uh, it's, it's done. <laughs> this one was recorded live and direct from Matt's base in Italy, and I know you're gonna love it. This is Medusa. House Culture. Hi, Matt. It's great to have you join us on the House Culture Podcast today. Thanks so much for taking the time to do so. You're a driving force within Medusa, one of the biggest acts currently in the house music scene. Your singles have had billions of streams. You've been nominated for a Grammy Award and you've collaborated with some huge stars along the way. However, we always want to start at the beginning and understand how you got to where you are today. Growing up in Italy... Can you tell us about how you first discovered house music there? Wow, we made all these things. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good, right? Yeah, sounds really good. <laughs> um, my 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 past was uh, is is really normal. There's nothing particular to say. I mean, I just the normal guys following his passion for for music and mm-hmm. just grew up with uh, with friends. There are Simone and Luca, the other members of Medusa. Uh, and we were just sharing our passion for music in in different way, like uh, playing some shows in Italy as a local uh, DJs, and being a studio, just playing random music and making random music, uh, and then uh, growing up like that. With our musical background, uh, I have to say thankful to to my dad for that. Uh, that he introduced me to the jazz and rock and and, and the, the music in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he, and he shared with me the, the same passion that he had for, for, for music. And, and just that, I mean, as I said, there's nothing particular. We're just normal guys following their passion. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you've already mentioned the other two um, guys that are in Medusa with you. Obviously, you're a trio. Um, how did you first originally meet? You said you kind of grew up together and you're DJing together as a, as a collective. Um, you know, how, how did that happen? Did you go to the same school or work together somehow? How did you all get together? Uh, we live close to each other, so it was pretty easy to be in touch. Um, but then, uh, you know, when, especially when you live in the same city uh, and you go out and go to the same pub or to the same disco and then you meet the same people. So the circle is that one. So you, you, everyone uh, got uh, friends in common and every place you go, 
uh, you see the same people. Uh, so it's easy to, to stay in touch, to talk with the same people, being in the same studio and trying to start uh, doing something together, mm-hmm. especially in, in music when uh, everything uh, uh, is uh, music is like is like a community. So you are in the studio and you try to do uh, something uh, music with with everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, one day with uh, with Luca, one day with Simone, and then you you notice that there's a kind of feeling in what you do that is different from the rest, and you continue collaborating with these kind of people, and then you create a kind of team around you, uh, and then uh, everything it, it goes natural, like it happened like that. Mm-hmm. And what was the um, what was the scene the the house music clubbing dance music scene like in that community when you were um, before even Medusa was a thing? You know, were you going out clubbing, um, experiencing all of that? Were you traveling around uh, much in Italy to try and like participate in the scene? Yeah, it was more a, a studio thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I it it sounds what what I'm saying it sounds not so good because I'm a DJ, but I don't love to go to the disco personally because mm-hmm. um, it's a is a personal thing like every time i go to a club uh, i have to look at the dj and see what he's doing and say oh no he's doing right he's doing wrong <laughs> so i don't want this kind of pressure every time i go to a club <laughs> so i just go to a pub and then having f- uh, fun with with friends but as I said, it's just a more a studio thing. We uh, have um, a personal, uh, an own studio where we create music and uh, every day uh, someone is coming into the studio and trying to get something to, to, to do something together. That's pretty much the rule that mm-hmm. we have in music. So it's not about growing up and then it's together like, like as friends, but more as a musical friends you know what i mean yeah yeah and you know obviously there are three of you you know some say three heads are better than one um you know do (laughs) he's just pulled a face um you know how do you you know how do you manage the egos and disagreements between three of you obviously you know if one person's in charge and it's their own project you know it's just like okay i'm gonna do it this way whereas if there's three of you you know is there many conflicting opinions between yourselves or do you think that helps generate the best now we argue every day in the studio. <laughs> this happened every uh, single day, uh, but it's not a personal thing, you know. It's just for the music, so you just want the best, and you just aim for the best. As as, as a result, you can see the music that we release um, is coming uh, after years or maybe months of work. Because, um, as you said, we are free to trying to have the same opinion and then have the same idea is quite impossible. So we're trying, what we do in the studio is trying to find the best way that, that we all agree. I mean, to, mm-hmm. to, and we, but we are sure 100% when we all agree on one idea, that one is the right one. Yeah. And who looks after, you know, do you have any particular roles between each other in the studio? You know, does one person particularly look after one thing? How does that work? No, there's not a particular role for everyone in the studio. I mean, 
they are a musician. I'm not a musician, but I just can play them some random notes on, on the piano because I started privately. Uh, so I'm not as good at, as them, mm-hmm. but um, I just can share some ideas uh, like they do and and create something from, from zero. I mean, that there's no specific process in the studio. Everything comes from... Uh, uh, the inspiration that you have during that that day, and and everyone can can have a different in, inspiration. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you guys have exploded onto the scene, um, kind of out of nowhere in a sense. What, what? what tell us about the first time you're all in the studio together, kind of creating something. Was it? Was there a long lead up to to get the success that you've had, or did it just happen immediately? Uh, to be honest. It happened. We didn't know uh, it was something big like that. We noticed that something was moving in after two months when we released Piece of Your Heart. It was the mm-hmm. first single. And we noticed that it went viral in the UK because of, of, of the pre-drop uh, when Josh was singing, uh, what sorry, just quickly, what if it's... And to be honest, that was uh, a natural thing in studio. It was not a... How can I say... It wasn't written that way. Yeah, it was. Uh, we were in the studio, and it was mm-hmm. just talking to us through the vocal room, and then it was just said this exactly thing in the pre-drop. So it was, uh, it was like an accident, you know. Um, and from that moment, we we noticed, as I said, we it went viral in two months in the UK and in the US. And from that moment, we noticed that was probably something big was happening. Yeah. From that moment our life completely changed mm-hmm. and we we discovered there was a completely another word and way to to work in music business there was not just uh being in the studio because of your passion and making music but just making music and do what you love every day as a as a job mm-hmm. that is what everyone is is the dream that you have since you're a child like making your your passion your daily job yeah absolutely yeah and I mean just to kind of circle back to piece of your heart in the studio um you you said about how that was kind of an unscripted moment a happy accident in a way of Josh saying through the vocal booth you know the melody and oh hang on a sec guys you know um was when that happened was it always that's going to go straight into the track just to knowing that that was going to happen or was it okay let's try this and see if it works no no we say 100 percent this is going to be like that <laughs> without any doubt <laughs> and this has to be a, a lot of people trying to remove that but mm. we said no this is going to be like that yeah yeah well yes you know and if, if you feel that that's the right thing stick by your guns and obviously that's what makes it so cool and unique i think that it does have that in yeah. there Totally. Um, I mean, exactly. you, you, you said that it kind of, you know, it started to get big and you realised that um, it ha- you had something on your hands. I mean, those moments in the studio, before it's even got out there into the wild, do you, do you know that um, this is going to be a good one? Or is it a sense of, OK, I'm not necessarily going to feel like I've got an opinion on it until I've got other people listening to it and a reaction to it? Uh, to be honest, we didn't think about that because uh, at the end of the week, when we played all the demos we made uh, during the week, we didn't want to play that track because it was a t- just a 10 minutes uh, demo and uh, really rough. 
Mm-hmm. So I I don't know why, but I just said to Luca, come on, Luca, let's play that. You never know. I mean, we made it. We can we 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 can say um we can say okay, it's shit. Sorry for the word, but <laughs> we can literally say it like that. And uh, so we played it, and then everything was, was wow. The, the reaction uh, of the, the there was the ear and and the management in the studio listening. Uh, and then the reaction uh, from everyone was like, now you can see me, but the people then uh, they don't see me. So you can describe <laughs> the, my face. The, the reaction was, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Brilliant. Yeah, like complete shock, I suppose. Um, I, you know, can you think of a moment where you first saw or heard that track, like doing the damage on the dance floor or? people you know vibing off it or people singing the lyrics back was was tell me about those first moments of actually getting it out there to an audience uh we were playing in a club before uh, releasing the track we were playing uh obvious, obviously as a dj we tested our tracks in mm. in clubs and uh, and we noticed that it was the first time uh we uh, we noticed that when you play uh, a, a track to the audience for the first time and they already know the lyrics and they start singing, that can be a good one. So the feeling was like, how can they know the, the words of the songs? I mean, it's just na-na-na, but they mm-hmm. need to know the melody. But they sing it at the first time because it was the second drop. Mm-hmm. So they heard for, um, only the, the first one and uh, for the first time, but they, they, they are singing and then it was a, a magical moment the feeling I, I don't know how to describe what was my feeling because mm. uh, i think there are no words to describe that it was just uh you know when you do the best thing in your life and you're satisfied 100 more than 100 percent of what you made yeah I mean, I mean it must be incredible and like you say as a dj you know you've been playing in clubs and you'll be playing other people's music it must be a even better feel you know and seeing other people's music do good things to the dance floor and then suddenly you're playing one of your own and you can see that dance floor get elevated with your own material that must be a fantastic feeling yeah right it's 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 the best feeling in the world Mm. especially because you know you made that track (laughs) absolutely and um you know your follow-up single lose control um was another massive hit i mean did you feel the pressure to deliver after the the success of um peace of your heart or was it a case of okay you know we're here now and the confidence built what 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 was that feeling to be honest it was pretty natural because when we made lose control piece of yard was not so big mm-hmm. um so the pressures was not so high we got more pressure on making paradise because uh we released paradise after one year of re- of uh, uh release day lose control mm-hmm. And it took one year to get the right track. Obviously, the pandemic helped a lot in terms of uh, not releasing music for a long time. Uh, but when you made a track like, like, like Peace of Your Heart and like Lose Control, um, everyone is expecting every time more from you or from your project. And it's right like that, to be honest. Uh, fans are asking for... Now, now the music business, 
sense is really fast mm. as you can release stuff every month and we don't do to be honest like that because we prefer to uh focus our music on quality than quantity so we need to be sure 100 percent that what we releasing is 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 right mm-hmm. but yeah i mean loose control was was uh just natural after piece of your art because this was a kind of follow-up similar with just a little bit in the top line more pop mm-hmm. because of becky hill uh but there was more pressure on paradise than on loose control yeah yeah and i mean paradise came out you know in during the pandemic as well i mean was there a temptation to okay we're going to sit on this until you know we can get it out into a club environment when people are on the dance floor again or was it a case of okay we just got to get it out like that (laughs) (laughs) we love it we like it okay let's do it brilliant Brilliant. Obviously, you know, as a, as a DJ, we always have one ear listening to the radio and one ear listening to the club. So we need to find the right balance every time in every track. So it's a natural thing that we have in the studio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, dance music especially is massively singles focused. Um, you know, are you looking towards um, putting together an album or something more along a, a, an extended EP, like on a theme or anything like that? What are your thoughts on that as a dance music act? Um, album is not is not a, a plan at the moment. Uh, we just want to release uh, single by single. Uh, Probably album would be in the plan uh, um, in few years when we will have more of a musical background that is going to be big enough to create an album and to present that to the audience like a full show, yeah. not just a DJ show with uh, with all three of us on stage, like playing uh, an electronic show. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, there is a very distinctive... Um, sound to the medusa style i mean how would you describe it to someone that hadn't necessarily heard it before in a house music sense um what we do is just trying to put the top line the top line uh, uh on a house backing track i mean it's now it's nothing new but is something that was not on the radio daytime since 10 years. Mm-hmm. So we, what we are trying to do is trying to open this kind of business that is house music to the, to the mainstream and trying to, to bring that to the mainstream. Because I think people need house music, not only in the, in the clubs, to, to dance and to enjoy themselves in the club, but also like like we used to do in the past needs to sing house music uh during the day in the car uh, at work or wherever you are in 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 the world during the day uh because house music is compared to the other music is it's the same thing it's it's always music Mm -hmm. so uh i think we need to find the right balance uh I mean, radio needs to find the ba- the, the right balance in creative uh, in in create their playlist, their daily, their daytime playlist with house music, pop music, R and B, soul, jazz, and every genre of music. So uh, only this way you can create a big culture in your country about all the stuff. 
Yeah. And I mean, you know, you, you've mentioned there as well about the different genres and the crossover appeal of the stuff that you've done. Obviously, your singles so far, they've like burst into the mainstream and been played. I've heard them across so many different stations here in the UK. Different, You know, they'll play, you know, different styles of music. Um, having that crossover appeal, um, being played on that many different stations um what's the strangest place where you've heard your own material you know are you hearing it pop pop up in airports or shops or anything like that obviously we haven't been out much much recently but before that when piece of your heart was a thing you know it happened there when we released piece of your heart um we we started traveling the world and then uh, to be honest 90% uh Every time I, I landed in a country and then I took the taxi to go to the Yoto, there was on the radio piece of your heart. <laughs> and, I, and then I was like, wow, this, this is an amazing feeling. And, and I was every time I was saying to the driver, uh, oh, sorry, can you turn up the volume a little bit? Uh, but not saying it was me uh, on the radio. It's just, oh, I like this song. I really love it. <laughs> I was going to say, is there ever a temptation to be like, this is me, this I made this song, but it's good that yeah, you Yeah, there, that were, there was every time that kind of temptation, but, uh, you know, my ego level is like that. So <laughs> I, I didn't want to, to spoil too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, traveling the world and um, performing in different countries, is it surprising hearing your own material especially when you're playing in a live environment hearing an audience that are on the other side of the world from where you created that song you know sometimes singing that back to you is that a strange feeling yeah sometimes yes uh but not i mean not too much because you know we used to live with the music so it's 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 a natural thing mm-hmm and I mean, you've mentioned um, a lot of the collaborators that you've worked with. I'm thinking of Becky Hill. Um, I mean, you know, really strong voices that add an extra dimension to your music. How do you go about choosing who you collaborate with? And, you know, is there a checklist or is it just a feeling? Uh, it, it's all, it's every time a feeling when we uh, ask for an artist, because uh, we are Part, a big part of the, the process in the studio in writing. We're not just taking lyrics from a songwriter and ask for a feature. Uh, when we create a lyric and we, we got a, a good lyric, we go into the studio with uh, with songwriter. We're trying to change some parts that we maybe don't like and we think that they, they uh, it doesn't work. Um, and we go directly in the studio also with the feature to try to get him in the right mood of the track because when we um, work with the feature, we, um, I mean, like when we have a song and we know that that song can be good for that kind of specific feature, like uh, it was Becky Hill and Dermot Kennedy, mm-hmm. we uh, know how they work, how they write lyrics, so we already know uh okay i want him or i want her on on the track every time it's not possible obviously because um maybe they have their own plan uh, they're releasing their own stuff uh, but when we can we go back into the studio with the feature after we wrote the songs and we try to see if he if he or she is comfortable with the with the idea and trying to change the track uh, the way that they, they can sing at the best Mm-hmm. 
So in terms of collaborators, um, you know, I, I did read that um, there's a potential collaboration or a, or a want to collaborate with The weekend on both of your sides. Um, is that something that's on the cards or and who else would you love to collaborate uh, with? That you yeah, I wrote that in an interview, to be honest, uh, every uh, what I, I was reading was not true because we want to collaborate with the weekend uh, mm -hmm. we try to collaborate with him uh, obviously he's pretty busy at the moment uh but i don't know if he was if it's the same feeling on on his side i mean uh, probably in the future not now but i never said he wants to collaborate with us <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just uh, i hope that he would love to collaborate in, with us. Yeah, uh, yeah. It would be a, a dream for us, obviously, but collaborating with people like him, like Post Malone, like uh, Khalid, uh, like John Legend, uh, and mm -hmm. these kind of artists. I mean, it's the everyone's dream trying to collaborate with these people. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned the, f the few people that you did mention there as well are from not necessarily from the dance music community, from that background. How important is it to you, do you think, to absorb ideas from other genres and other areas of music into what you're doing? I think it's crucial, to be honest, because uh, when you're trying to mix few genres of music uh, together, is that, is that the point that you can create something unique in music? Because other, uh, otherwise you, you just do standard thing mm -hmm. and then uh, we are full to be honest of standard things in in every when you listen to a trap or a house or a pop playlist it's always the same thing track up to mm -hmm. track you notice that is something di different when a trap artist maybe collaborate with a soul or with a country one or with a house producer in that case, you can create something new. Yeah, and you know, house music itself was kind of born out of this need and want to to bring in all of these different influences to create something completely new. And I think it's great that you want to push that forward, definitely. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Obviously, you produce your own original material. Um, you've also remixed quite a few people as well. You know, you've mentioned John Legend, MK, uh, Friendly Fires, um, you know, in terms of remix work, how do you approach doing a remix of a track and what kind of vibe do you try and bring to it? Is it a different different type of gig than doing your own production? How does that work for you guys? Uh, it's the same process. It's it's totally... Uh, as I said, there are no rules. So it can be different every time. Uh, there's no uh, specific process that we follow every time. Um, it's just music it's all about telling stories you know mm-hmm. so every time is uh, you're inspired by what you live in the the day inspiration you have in that specific day so every time it can be different mm-hmm. there's nothing as standard as a role that you have to follow yeah and has there ever been any, you know, an artist has been like, okay, we really want you to remix this track and you've heard it and then you're like, actually, I can't do anything with this or, you know, I don't want to do anything with this or I can't improve it. In Yeah, we, we said no a lot of times, but, but not because we didn't like the track, but we, because we thought when we know uh, we are not able to do the best work we can mm-hmm. because maybe the, the, the BPM is too slow, too fast, or maybe um, is completely out of what we are doing as a project, as a musical project. Uh, uh, we prefer to say no to just um, because it's not about the money. It's just about the feeling. Mm-hmm. When we want to mix a track, is that okay? Uh, I love this track. I want. Uh, I hear that I can bring some stuff from this track and putting on the Medusa sound signature and trying to create something that is interesting to to listen to. Otherwise, it's it's just about the money. You know, um, a lot of people do the okay. I got this to remix to do. I can 10k, 15k, 20k, and no matter what I do, they mm-hmm. they they ask because they want my work and I do for the money. Mm-hmm. It's not our case. We we just following uh, what is our feeling inside, and we love that track. We made it. We don't love it. We prefer to say no. That's good morals. Good morals, definitely. And you know, working together as a trio during this lockdown period, um, how has that worked between the three of you together? Do you think it's um, created more opportunities to be really creative or do you think it's stifled any creativity? And and how have you been working together as a trio during this period? Um, it's been 50-50, to be honest, mm-hmm. or explain. Um 50% of the inspiration, <clears throat> sorry, most of the time comes from the traveling, uh, comes from traveling, meeting other people, um, different cultures, listen to different genres of music that you're not used to in your country. And so you, when you go into the studio, then you are inspired by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially during this time, we missed it. 
50%. So we got the other 50% that is uh, music. It's all about telling stories and, and sharing these stories with the people. I mean, this, the, these kind of stories are, can be personal or you just can tell a kind, a, a different story, um, like a love story or whatever you want. Um, so I think in this happened uh, with Paradise, we are just telling our personal story and, and sharing with the people what is our feeling about this moment. Mm -hmm. So you just, um, it's like sharing emotion with the, with the fans and with the people that you, you cannot sharing uh, like playing in, in clubs or festival with, with your music, but you share with uh, writing uh, specific top lines that are, uh describing your your feeling at the moment mm -hmm. so it can be like that i mean that that's why i said 50 50. yeah yeah and i mean what um what are your thoughts on how the scene is going to look post covid do you think there's going to be more of a want to um take things cautiously or do you think that people are just going to explode out of their lockdown lives and just go crazy how do you how do you think it's going to happen I think the second one <laughs> <laughs> because I want to do the same to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, um, and how easy is it um, or how difficult has it been to, to plan what you've got coming up? You know, even the second half of this year can look a bit sketchy in certain parts of the world. Um, how do you um, bring your diary together for gigs and performances and things like that? Is it still looking a bit patchy or is it, are you able to organise your life for the next six months? Uh, it's not easy, especially, I mean, I don't do that personally. The management and the, and the agency do that. But talking with them every day, I can understand how difficult it is this moment to trying to organize and, and all with all the festivals because they don't know. I mean, there's not a deadline date. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, we know something new every day following uh, news and, and all this stuff. And we just know that the end is, is really soon, but we don't know when it will be like that. And we, it would be safety to, to go back to festival or clubs all together, enjoying a party. So I know it's a difficult thing, but every time it's like, okay, we don't, we don't do this this month. We're going to do that next year. It's, it's, uh, the conversation is, it's every day like that. It's basically just moving until when we can. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you know like you said, you, you yourself want to explode out of this life and, and, and kind of get back out there. What, um, what is it about the scene um, that, you know, br brings this passion out in you? And what's been your most memorable or favorite experience so far in this career that you've had in dance music? Uh, I think the best thing is just uh, traveling the world and, and, and see all the people in different countries and uh, singing, singing your song. Mm -hmm. in in the crowd and enjoying uh their maybe the best day they will remember for their life uh just having fun with your music i think it's the best thing uh we can give them as a musician absolutely and, and anything uh, we we will we will never forget to be honest because uh 
we, we, we do music for passion. And if we can give part of this passion to the people and give them uh, also um, one of their best day, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, what are you, um, what are you looking forward to in terms of achieving things that you haven't done yet? Obviously you've been nominated for a Grammy award, you know, you've played at huge festivals in different countries around the world. Is, is there anything that you particularly really, really want to do or place that you really want to play that you haven't done yet? And why is that? Um, yeah, I never played. I mean, I did Tomorrowland this year, but I was uh, virtual. So one, the next step is going to do that live. Yeah. <laughs> And winning a Grammy, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we've been nominated, but winning is another thing. Yeah, and and then just ha- I think the most important thing is to have the opportunity to do this kind of life uh, again for the next ten years, mm-hmm. uh, and and living living the dream like we're doing every day during these years. Brilliant and. You know, you mentioned Tomorrowland there in terms of doing that virtually. Um, how how did you find that um, doing that gig in that way? Um, just give us some background on that and how it was. Was it weird or was it interesting? Yeah, now in one word was weird. Yeah. Because <laughs> in the other streaming we, we did, uh, I mean, like in Iceland, uh, there was no one in front of you. It was uh, it was a natural thing because uh, um, you were in a place uh, with just the camera in, in the front and and nothing. Uh, but in that case, on tomorrow on Tomorrowland, they recreate completely the festival with all the people in the crowd moving. Uh, uh, so it was pretty weird because the the feeling was like playing there personally but you know it was it was virtual mm. so uh, in that when I, I remember when i when i watched the the entire tomorrowland set I, I i did for the first time after the set i said i i realized how i missed that live scene mm. uh, how i missed the that part in my life because uh i we need as a dj as a musician as an artist we need the people to enjoy what we do because it's 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 crucial part of of our process and on our life yeah and that feedback and that feeling is yeah it's like you say it's that connection is absolutely crucial yeah right so um, I want to talk about, um, we are talking before the mics came on about the perfect playlist that we put together on Spotify and you've been really good at so giving us your five submissions um, for that. There are obviously five tracks based on different themes um, that we have. Um, I can remind you of which ones you've chosen if, um, if you can't remember. But um, I just want to talk about your experiences with those tracks individually and why you've chosen those. Um, mm-hmm. and the first one that we always start is start with is um, a catalyst, um, a one track that got you into dance music originally, um, and you've chosen um, Axwell, Feel the Vibe. Um, can you just explain to us why that was your choice for that particular one? Um, 
I was a I wasn't a kid to be honest. <laughs> That's all good. Uh, it was, yeah, it was 2004, and I remember. I mean, the in Europe, uh, everything in in music, especially everything, uh, was uh, uh, trance uh, or Euro pop uh, kind of thing like that. And that was the first house track I've heard. Uh, and I, I remember I was in the UK because I was studying uh, there because I, I've been I've been in the UK studying English for a few years when I was uh, young, really young. I mean, I'm still young, but <laughs> I was really, really young. <laughs> um, and then I remember I heard that track and it, it was the, the feeling was, wow, what, what, what is that? It's, it's something that the feeling is that. I, wa- I really want to dance. Mm-hmm. I really want to enjoy that track. And they were just playing it on the radio. So um, that was the first track that got me into the uh, house music. That's fantastic. And a floor filler. Um, you've chosen something that has, you know, people have talked about already on this podcast previously. Um, but I just want to get your feelings um, about this particular one. Can you remember what that was? Faithless. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Insomnia, to be honest, everyone knows this track. I mean, if you play that organ part in a, in a club, uh, reaction on, on, on the dance floor is like, whoo, just screaming. Everyone, you, you can hear everyone screaming. So um, I think it's the perfect floor filler. Yeah, it's one of those ones that, like you say, every, everybody knows it. It's a pure... Classic. yeah exactly i mean you 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 listen to i mean you used to listen to the, to the club but also on the radio not only in the uk but also here in italy or if you go to the us it was a common uh, common track you can hear on the radio so it's it's um timeless track mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and um a sunsetter um a track that is for you, perfect to soundtrack a sunset. What have you chosen for that one? I choose uh, Grooveyard uh, with with Seven Mile. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I remember when I was um, I don't remember where, but I remember it was the first year of touring, uh, and I was uh, literally just running uh, um, on a beach. Mm-hmm. But it was it was in in Australia, okay. um, and there was the sunset, and then I was um, I was listening to this song on on the radio, and then and the feeling was fantastic. I mean, the, everything like the sunset and the music and me, uh, it was like being in uh, in a kind of bubble, uh, and just living that moment with no one else around. And just uh, in the moment, I felt like I was, okay, this is only me in the world. It's just me and, and my feeling. Wow. Yeah. Like you say, and you've, I think you've mentioned it a few times during this chat as well about how music and location can have a very specific connection with you as an individual as well. And yeah, like you say, if you had that come on your headphones when you're running on a beach and there's a sunset already happening, that's one of those, like you say, perfect moments where just captures you in a bubble yeah cool and um a tearjerker a track that fills you with emotion uh someone we've already mentioned um during the during our conversation but yeah go ahead yeah (laughs) 
uh, is uh, after hours by the weekend mm-hmm. is a track that helped me a lot during the the lockdown um, and um, it fills me up with emotions uh, because I think in that track every singular sound is at at the right place in the right time. Uh, I don't know how to describe it's 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 a feeling you have inside when you when you hear for the first time uh, a track and you think that everything is perfect mm-hmm. and you I mean as a producer also on my tracks I I always want to change something on the track and it happens uh, probably once in life that you find a track that you don't want to change anything like the arrangement or the sound or just every little detail uh and to me it happened with with uh with this track because mm-hmm. i think it it's perfect 100 percent from from the beginning to the end wow i mean that's high praise and when you know when you hear a track like that like you say as a producer you know i i remember i can't remember who said it but there's a quote of like things aren't released they just escape um and it's a case of you know i'm sure there are things out there that you've you've released and you're like oh i wish i could change that like you kind of said but hearing something like that like you say you think is absolutely perfect how does that make you feel does that give you a sense of competition or does it make you feel jealous or do you just you know give it a round of applause uh, yeah jealous because we didn't do that uh, <laughs> <laughs> i mean we were not able like, he, he got our big boys um but it gives you it gives you the right inspiration mm-hmm. to do something more in your in your job to do because you always aim to, to something bigger than than what you do so if and when you found it something bigger uh you always want to reach that level so it gives you every time the right inspiration to do better and better and better mm-hmm. every time and your last tune, um, it's no surprise what you've chosen, but tell us what that track is. It's, it's, it's our first single, Piece of Your Heart, because, you know, especially when we play, it happened in the last two years of touring, uh, when we play and everyone, I mean, when you stop playing and everyone is starts screaming, last one, last one, last one, like that. You have to play something that they know because they they want to go home uh, with uh, with uh, another feeling like uh, they want just remember and sing the last song as fast as they can. Mm-hmm. So for us in in our set, uh, the last track is "Piece of Your Heart" because everyone know that 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 track and, and they want to sing that again, no matter if I already played three or four times in during the set. But they want to hear that again one more time. So it, it's right that because they they pay tickets to to see you, mm-hmm. and if they want to have fun singing your music, I think you have to play. That's a great way to look at it, yeah. Because some people can become, or some artists can be quite precious about you know, oh, I've pl-, like you say, if you've already played it, um, oh, I won't play it again. But to give the people what they want and make sure they're satisfied and walking out singing that song that's a great way to look at it i have an example i uh, obviously i can't say the, the name of the dj but i remember i was in um in a show uh and there was the guest playing and that guest will, uh, got only one track that was big at that moment mm-hmm. um 
and uh, everyone was in the crowd with with a cartel with the name of the track and with t-shirts uh, with the, the title track from t-shirts and all the stuff like that and he didn't play the track for no. the entire set yeah so i said why <laughs> why what are you trying to 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 tell to the to the fans to, to the people i mean mm. they are there for you because they love your music so you have to to give them both obviously you have to give something new but you have to give them your music because they they are there from you mm. for for you yeah it's yeah it's a very in as an artist it's a very interesting space to operate in in, in like i'm not going to deliver what the crowd are expecting and it's a fine line you don't want to piss off your audience um and you want them to have a good time and yeah to make that choice no, you're, you're not like a jukebox uh, um you don't have to give them what they expect exactly mm-hmm. uh but you just give them uh, obviously what they expect but in a different terms like giving what they expect but in the way they not expect mm-hmm. so i think that's the burden the perfect balance it's a good it's a really good way of looking at it and we'll we always have one final question um that we'd like to wrap up our conversation with and it's around you know we are house culture and you are now an integral part of that culture and that scene um what does the whole culture of house mean to you and what has it brought you in your career and in your life and what do you think the future holds me is everything it, it helps me and obviously luke and Simone, i'm talking in behalf of mm-hmm. luke Simone too uh to grow up and do what we do as medusa it helps a lot uh, uh, especially to me because i love personally house music i come from the underground scene so as a dj so i really love this this word this music business sometimes i think uh if i have to say a negative thing um i would like to change sometimes the mentality they have in house music because a lot of people especially coming from techno they are not open in collaborating with uh with other people coming from other styles uh i totally respect that but I think that no matter, as I said, no matter if it's techno, house or pop, music is music. So we're just sharing uh, the passion and we're just telling story to the people. And everyone needs to be free in uh, explaining this in the way they think is the right one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're not, uh, you're not able to judge uh, that you're not a techno house producer if you collaborate with other people coming from different genres of music. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to change what house is at the moment. You just change uh, to doing the next step for this music business. And sometimes, uh, I mean, not everyone understands this, and I'm, I'm I'm really I'm really sad about about that because music has. And, and the house music uh, is a community. So we need all to share things and try to do the best for this biz- business and for this kind of music. And this is what, what we love and what we do. This is music, basically. The meaning of music. That is a 
brilliant place to to end on i think that's a really great final thought for for this so um thank you very much thanks to you for this lovely chat thank you so much for having me and uh, hopefully we're gonna see you personally soon thank you so much have a nice day bye house culture how good was that right I want to say a personal thanks to Matt for taking the time out of his hectic schedule for that chat and for setting the record straight on that potential weekend collab. Let's try and make this happen for them though. Wasn't it also fascinating to hear how quickly things can blow up for you if you release the right track at the right time? I personally can't wait to hear what Medusa have in store for us, but if you're already a fan of their work, you can now buy a beautiful 10-inch vinyl picture disc that features both Peace of Your Heart and Lose Control. This is available from all the usual outlets. And if you want to hear more sick beats, then look no further than the House Culture Perfect playlist, which you can find on Spotify. You heard the submissions that Matt made for Medusa, and in that playlist you'll also find all of the choices from every single one of our previous podcast guests. As you can imagine, this is now a huge list of fan favourites, rare oddities and blissed out beats. So fire up your Spotify player, search for House Culture Perfect Playlist, stick it on shuffle and turn it up loud. Also, if you want us to be able to produce this podcast series, please don't forget to support us by either the ACAST supporter link in the episode description or by loving, liking, tweeting, sharing and rating or reviewing us on Apple. We love reading your feedback. And if you say something particularly nice, we'll give you a shout out on a future episode as well. This time around, I'm shouting out to Fiona Parkhouse, who left us the most touching of reviews on Instagram after she had listened to our Danny Rampling episode. She described how mine and Danny's chat about the beginnings of Rave had really hit a nerve with her and she wouldn't ever swap having been involved with something so special. Thanks for those amazing words, Fiona. I hope that these new episodes will give you continued faith in our scene as well as visions of the packed dance floors to come. And if you want to get yourself connected with other house music lovers from across the globe, then please hit up our Instagram feed at housecultureNet or follow the hashtag TrueHouseCulture. Not only will you be fully informed about the podcast, but you'll also be fully primed for the inevitable return to the club. And finally, if you want to get in touch with me, Matt Rouse, you can do that directly on Instagram at DJ Matt Rouse. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and see you next time. House Culture. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.